and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Paul Hodowanek, and this week we are going to cover a pair of sports. Uh, first, we are going to look at the Gophers wrestling season with beat reporter Nolan O'Hara as they approach one of their biggest duels of the season against Penn State this weekend. Then Nolan and I, Nolan and I will preview the upcoming softball season, which gets underway on Friday as the team hopes to build off a truly historic 2019 season. And as always, make sure to check out Nolan's work both on the wrestling and softball beats at mndaily.com or pick up a paper at pretty much any building on campus. Let's jump right in. So starting with wrestling, an overview of their season so far, they're 9-5, and five, uh, 4-2 and two in the Big Ten. They've kind of been up and down in stretches, win a couple, lose a couple, and I think maybe we can attribute that to maybe the amount of young guys that they have we'll get into that a little bit later, but kind of anchoring the team. It's always going to be the talk's going to be about Gable, Gable Stevenson, uh, heavyweight Gable Stevenson. He's nine and zero, hasn't lost yet. One hundred forty one pound Mitch McKee. He's twenty two and three. One hundred seventy four pound Devin Skatska. He's twenty four and six. And one hundred forty nine pound Brayton Lee. He's twenty and three. Those are kind of the the anchors, the go to guys that the Govers have been able to ro- rely on all season. Um, but I guess my question would be at nine and five and four and two in the Big Ten, is this kind of where we expected them to be, both as a team and then as some of the individuals who have been asked to compete most of the season? I think this is probably about where you could expect them, especially missing Gable for the you know first half of the season. That definitely didn't help matters as far as the team's concerned. And like you said, a lot of young guys on this team, a lot of redshirt freshmen competing every night in the duels and and really they've been doing a nice job and one of the things Egham has been talking about a lot is winning like the close matchups you know there are a lot you know there are a lot well they'll win and get bonus points but there's some that are going to be really tight and the duels that they've lost closely if they've lost those close matchups and then they've been able to win a lot of those too so it's been a good balance they're still they're competing in the big 10 which you know best conference for wrestling in college and they you know winning they did have a good shot moving forward, I think. Yeah, they were without Gable till the December 20th meet against South Dakota State, and they'd lost twice in there before he came back. One of them, pretty clearly they would have won had he been in there, the opening, their oh, opening yeah, loss to Ryder. Yeah. Third duel of the, or second duel of the season, third meet, and they lost by four points, and he, they were they would have won if he would have uh, wrestled. I think there's no question he would have won. He's the number one heavyweight in the country. I think it's safe to assume he's going to win any match he's out there until we're proven wrong. And so I guess, yeah, that, there's one spot in the standings where you're seeing that. But they have a couple losses still with him there, and it obviously hasn't been his fault. But I, I think everyone has a little bit more confidence when he's in that spot. They know they are pretty much got to win there. And I think especially for the young guys – there are a lot of them on this season. I think you can detail that for us a little bit in more depth. But as opposed to previous seasons, they are really relying on some freshmen and sophomores. So how has that gone for the Gophers? It's panned out really well, and you have to like the trajectory they have moving forward, especially with you know redshirt freshmen, Brayton Lee, Pat McKee, and Ryan Thomas. Ryan Thomas is a guy who's kind of come on recently. He made his dual debut a few weeks ago and got a ranked win in that debut. He picked up a ranked win earlier in the year, too, and he's really been stepping up nicely for him. And then 
Pat McKee's been starting at 125 all year long, too. And he's been around, floating around 12, 13, 14 in the country. And then Brayton Lee, top five in his weight class as well. So all three of those guys, redshirt freshmen stepping in right away, have made a big impact on this team. And then you have redshirt sophomore Bailey O'Reilly, who he's not been ranked really, but he's been another guy who's been able to win a lot of matches for the Gophers. And obviously Gable's only a sophomore as well. So building this team this year, having all those guys out there, you can only imagine you know, moving forward how good this team could be in a few years down the road. Sure, and I remember talking to Egg uh, probably a month ago, and he was saying the young guys are still they're starting to really round into form. They're kind of getting what it means to be a college wrestler, a D1 wrestler in the Big Ten, and you know they're not used to that level of physicality, that level of just competition, and that's going to take some time. And I think you said before, our five of the, of the ten wrestlers are freshmen or sophomores, so they're really relying on those guys and. I think we have seen those ups and downs. Two week, two weeks ago, they had lost to Michigan. They lost to Ohio State. Not, not great matches for them. And then this last weekend, they really put the hurt to Purdue and Indiana. They were probably better than both those teams coming in, regardless. But they still kind of went out and beat them and beat them pretty handedly. So, I think like we saw in football, like we've seen in hockey this year, when you have those young guys, it's just you're going to have a lot of ups and downs. And I think the wrestling team is just going through that themselves and I think one other thing that I don't know I'll ask you that might be causing them some pressure is you know the the, their end goal those NCAA championships always provide some pressure but it's really going to provide pressure when it's at U.S. Bank Stadium this year it's the wrestling community is going to descend upon Minneapolis and the Gophers are kind of going to be center stage they they figure to have a couple people there individually I think they'd love to be there as a team where are the team's ex- expectations so far for that? Are they are they talking a lot about it? Can we tell there's a pressure to get there? Is it just like really on their mind at this point? It definitely has been. Everyone I've talked to on the team has said, you know, one way or another, like you got these, you know, US, these national championships in Minneapolis this year. And you have a lot of native Minnesotans on the team as well. And that's bigger. So like the McKee brothers, Gable, all from Minnesota. And that is something, you know, they definitely have their eyes on moving forward and you know when you especially when it's in your city you know you kind of do have that pressure of it and we've seen it a few times you know with volleyball a couple of years ago too you can't maybe you want it so bad and it kind of can hurt in other areas yeah volleyball is the best best example considering last year they're number two seed and then they got knocked out just a week or two beforehand so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of stay stay within themselves, especially some of those higher-ranked guys who we should expect to see there not getting tripped up along the way. Who individually has a good chance of being there? We can pretty much pencil in already is we're going to be able to watch them in our backyard competing for national championships. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, we'll see Gable Stevenson. Uh, he's, you know, number one in the country right now. Penn State had the previous top-ranked heavyweight, and he's down now, so... He has a pretty clear shot, and it's kind of, you know, he, and yeah, people are going to kind of have to take a shot at him. But then the McKee brothers, too, um, they could be make some noise in, um, in the NCAA championships here. And really the team as well, I Stevenson, after the duel loss against Ohio State, he was saying, you know, our goal is not to win this Sunday night duel. Our goal is to win the national championships in March. And as a team, they, they have their, their minds focused on that. And they definitely have some tests coming up as they – 
you know, take on Iowa and Penn State, probably the top two teams in the country, and we'll really get a good idea of where they're at in those two upcoming matchups. Yeah, I'm looking at the rankings on intermattwrestle.com right now. Iowa's the top team. Penn State, they have his third. Nebraska, sixth. Ohio State, seventh. Wisconsin, eight. Illinois, 15th. Michigan, 17th. Minnesota, 18th. Purdue, 19th. Northwestern, 22nd. So they've got roadblocks ahead of them. If they want to make it as a full team, they're going to kind of have to survive that Big Ten conference, and I, obviously they'll come out better for it at the end, but it's whether they can make it out and actually can get there. Um, so what, as we kind of approach that, that's coming up in March, how how should we, what, what storylines should we be paying attention to, people we need to make sure we're looking at, like, oh, if the Gophers can make it, these people are going to have to step up. These are the storylines we should look at moving forward. Well, first things first, Penn State duel on Sunday. That'll be a really good test to see where this team's at. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Patrick McKee. It looked like he got his knee twisted. They taped his leg against the in the duel against Purdue, where he was up 5-2 on the number six ranked guy in the 125-pound weight class. And as soon as he got his leg twisted, he ended up you know, taking a technical fall, which was unfortunate. And Egham was pretty disappointed. You know, He hated to see that for him. But on Sunday when they took on Indiana, they just forfeited the weight class. And it didn't matter because they destroyed Indiana four pins in the first six matches. But coming at Penn State, you're probably not going to do that. So that'll be an interesting test to see how they fare against Penn State and if he comes back. And then you have Iowa the following Saturday as well. You know, really tough, really tough competition coming up. And, uh, I think those will be the biggest things to keep your eyes out for. And in those matches, you're going to need guys, you know, you're going to need guys other than Stevenson and the McKees and Skatska. You're going to need some guys to win close matches and not just your top guys to win, you know, win the matches they're supposed to win. You're going to need to flip a couple as well. Yeah, so more than the end result, whether it's a win or a loss, considering Penn State and Iowa are two of the top three teams, maybe the top two teams, I don't think people should get discouraged if they're losing those. They're looking at those individual battles, seeing how close guys that aren't ranked were taking on guys on those teams that were ranked, seeing if we're able to flip any of those because that's what's going to matter later. And it it probably won't go their way um, in either match just in terms of the full body. But if they're keeping close, that's a good sign. It sounds like moving forward, if they're getting blown out, it's not great. I mean, it, it might be slightly expected, but... They're really able to kind of go toe-to-toe with Iowa and Penn State, and even if they fall, that's an encouraging sign. Absolutely, especially if they have to forfeit 125, too, in those two. So now I want to shift to softball. Uh, Softball team is getting ready to start their season. They start on Friday, February 7th, with a a a three-day series down in Clearwater, Florida. They finished last season 46-14, and hosted a regional and super regional, and made it all the way to the Women's College World Series. First time in program history, so quite the year for the team, and it was a full of a lot of firsts in history, and they were kind of the talk of the, the entire university there late spring, and they're just kind of getting going, and so it's it'll be interesting. They're going to be the, the team that everyone's looking at all spring once basketball's done, once hockey's done. It's going to transition into softball, baseball slightly, but mostly softball. So we wanted to give everyone a preview of 
what the team looks like, if they're returning a lot of people, if they're not, what should we expect? So the good news for Gopher fans is there's a lot returning that they had last year. I believe seven of the nine defensive starters are returning, if you're counting. Yeah, seven of the nine defensive starters are returning, not if you're counting the pitcher. The pitcher's obviously one of them. But biggest losses would be Maddie Houlihan. She was a starting right fielder, hit two ninety seven, seven home runs, 37 RBIs, and really kind of the leader of the team. She kind of galvanized the troops in all areas. So that's going to be their biggest loss. Their next one was Allie Arneson, who defensively was a really good shortstop, but didn't have a ton going for her at the plate. She had moments of nice pop, maybe uh, double doubles power, gap power, but nothing crazy. And the biggest one out of all of them that we might, that isn't really a loss, but we don't really know going forward is Hope Brandner. Hope Brandner played first base for the Gophers all of last season. She transferred in from Oregon State. She led the team with 19 home runs, second on the team in RBIs with 59. She hit 354. It was the third most home runs in a season for the uh, Gophers softball player. So we expected her to be back, and we go for the first day of media availability, and they they say she's not medically cleared to play, and they don't really know when her return is. That was two weeks ago. You were there just the other day. Did they have any sort of update on Brandner's status? No update. The message was just we want all our players healthy, and that doesn't go just for hope. So there was nothing specific regarding her situation, and we're kind of left wondering what's going to happen too and what's going to happen at first base as well. Yeah, she didn't really have any injury concerns last year. We don't want to speculate what it is. It might be an injury. They couldn't give us a specific part of the body that's injured. Hopefully it's a quick recovery. It's not something more that's not an injury like a chronic illness or anything like that. We hope that she'll be able to get back, but it's it's interesting that they don't really have a timetable for her yet. I think if it had been an Achilles tear, it had been something they would have just announced she's out. So it's definitely something that needs to be monitored and has to be monitored because, again, she is that big bat in the middle. And we're going to talk about Amber Pfizer, but she was one of Brander was one of the biggest areas they were able to get production in that lineup. But taking away or not looking at some of that, looking at what they are returning, they're returning Amber Pfizer. Expected to be the workhorse again for the Gophers. Uh, she was 31-9 and nine last season, pitched in almost every game. Even back-to-back games, same day she was pitching, if not all the innings, only getting taken out for a couple innings. She was was really relied upon. She had a 1.27 ERA, so she, she was worth it. What was Traxel, head coach Jamie Traxel, and Amber Pfizer talking about in terms of what she hopes to get out of this season? You know, she's just always hoping to be better, and that's one of the things that probably makes her as great as she is. Is Like you said, 1.27 ERA last year, and it's never enough. So I think that's her kind of her goal. And, uh, and as well for the team, they're hoping to meet all the expectations. Now that they made the Women's College World Series this last year, you know, everybody's expecting a repeat performance again this year. And, you know, there's been lots of – a lot of that, just attention – as well, and their goal is to meet those expectations. So the expectations are high, and then they have that same ex- expectation for their, for themselves to meet that. So, yeah, Pfizer made the uh, top Softball America top 100 list, uh, and she wasn't the only one. Brandner made it, as well as uh, sophomore Natalie Den Hartog 
and infielder McKenna Partain. So they've got a lot of people coming back. Pfizer is also uh, USA softball top 50. So a lot of talent coming back. They're ranked anywhere between like six and eight in terms of all the polls that have come out. So just even though Brander's kind Brander's status is kind of hanging over them like a little bit of a dark cloud in terms of we don't we just don't know. There's there's a lot of reasons to be excited regardless of that. They're getting back Ellie Jensen who only played 13 games last season was got injured and was out for the rest of the season but prior to that and a lot of her freshman year she was like the leadoff batter. I expect her to take up most of the Maddie Houlihan spot uh, in terms of batting and in the field she can do that. So they've got a lot of reasons to be optimistic. I want to go through some of the biggest storylines. Uh, we kind of talked a lot about the Brandner situation. One thing that just is interesting to note is there isn't really anyone on the roster that has first base. There is no one on the roster that has first base experience um, more than just a game or two. Carly Brandt, who's kind of their super utility player, has played in seven of the nine defensive spots. I believe she only hasn't done catcher in like third base or something like that. So she's been all over the field. She would make sense, but she's more of a quick, toolsy outfielder than she is a first baseman. So it'll be interesting to see where they are with that. And the big one that everyone wants to know is just, can the Gophers get back to the Women's College World Series? Have they talked much about how their their anticipation for trying to get back there, for trying to repeat the success that they've had? Um, considering how amazing that run was for them last year. Yeah, that's definitely a goal of the team. They're talking about that, you know, getting back there. And it's not going to be an easy journey, especially with the really difficult schedule they're going to have. I think their first 30 games are away. And there's a lot of Big Ten series, too, where instead of going home away, home away, they're just away. So I think that'll be some of the challenges. But they are ready to embrace those challenges. And getting through that, you know, tough schedule, especially when so much of it is away from home, that sh- that they kind of look at that as something that'll prepare them as they try to get back to the women's college world series this year. It'll be interesting to see what they do in their first couple series or in their first couple series. Uh, the f- both the first two can be streamed um, online, so fans can get a look at that. The second series is like an ESPN series, so those are all on ESPN three, and those are all against other top twenty-five teams or teams that received votes. Oklahoma State, Florida State, Virginia Tech, and Missouri. So for fans that are kind of wondering if they are reminiscent of the team we saw last year, that's really when you want to tune in and pay attention because that'll be a really good barometer for where they are currently. And I think the one other thing that will be interesting is last year, Amber Pfizer didn't really have help. Um, They had seniors, uh, Sydney Smith. She pitched every once in a while, just kind of in relief. But Pfizer's a senior now, so they're going to need to at least try some people out. Even if not, it doesn't help benefit their immediate future if they need to have a game plan for when she leaves. So it'll be interesting to see how much other pitchers are involved, considering Pfizer was dominant last year and she didn't seem to really have a problem with the workload. She would always just say, you know, I'm here to do whatever I need to do for the team. That's kind of that's Pfizer's MO. That's kind of the whole team's MO is just team first, team first, team first. So even if Brander's arm was falling, or not Brander, Pfizer's arm was falling off, I'm not sure she'd say much. But they definitely need to find another secondary source of pitching. So that's really going to be interesting 
talking to Pfizer, did she key in on anything specific about how she wants to get better or is it just, you know, we just all want to continue to get better and nothing super specific? It was more of the latter, nothing super specific. She was just talking about, you know, always room for improvement in myself and as well as the team. So that's that's kind of the message is, is it's been kind of all the way along here. But yeah, just previewing their schedule. They're in Clearwater this week. They come. The interesting thing about the sample team is they're away every weekend for the first couple series. Uh, Traxel said she's never had it any other way. She's only ever coached in the Midwest, so this is just kind of what she's familiar with. But they're in Clearwater, then they come home, then they go back or for classes, I mean. Then they go to Clearwater, then they go to Texas, then they go to Alabama, then they go to California, then to Hawaii, and then they go to Ohio State. So their first series is until March 27th. So fans got a little bit to wait before they can come out and support, but then um, a lot of their games are at home from then, and I would expect that they are back in it. They are hosting series, and I'm sure they will have many opportunities to potentially get back to the Women's College World Series. So that will be the end of today's podcast. Nolan, thank you for coming in and talking wrestling and softball with us. Uh, We appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Always good to be here. In other news, the men's basketball team snapped a two-game losing streak with a home win against the Wisconsin Badgers on Wednesday, 70-52. It's the first time Minnesota has beaten Wisconsin at home since 2014. They are back to 500 in Big Ten play at 6-6 and remain in the thick of it for a NCAA tournament bid. They are back in action on Saturday at Penn State. The women's basketball team has appeared to right the ship after a little bit of a dreadful start to their Big Ten slate beating Nebraska and Rutgers last week. They go for their back in action Monday night at home against Michigan. The women's hockey team has fallen into a mini slump in the past two weeks, dropping three of their four last games against Wisconsin and Minnesota Duluth. This week, though, they head to Bemidji, hoping to get back on track. The men's hockey team is riding high after their second consecutive sweep last weekend when they took down the Wisconsin Badgers. At one point, they were last in the Big Ten standings. Heading into this weekend, though, they're a point out of first place. They welcome Michigan State for a pivotal home series this weekend. The men's gymnastics team hosts Washington this Friday after coming in second in a tri-meet last week. They topped UIC but could not beat Iowa. The women's gymnastics team hosts Iowa this Saturday following one of the best performances in program history a week ago when they scored 197.4 points against Ohio State in a win. They rank as one of the top teams in the nation in several categories and look to keep that going this weekend. That's all for this week. We will be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher Sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll be back again next week.